Hello everyone and welcome back to Culture Bucket. This is your 49th episode, one episode away from the big five zero. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us again for another special, our fourth special I believe and today we are going to be focusing in on the 2021 Nicolas Cage uh, revenge movie, yeah. I suppose you could call it, Pig. And uh, as always, I can't talk about it on my own. I have to be joined by another human, and that human's name is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. How you doing, Hi, George? Pretty good today. Pretty good today. Feeling fresh and feisty and yeah. uh, ready, to, ready to talk about uh, truffles and deconstructed scallops, which is good. Yes. Yes. How are you? I'm very excited. I've been wanting to talk to you about this film for a while, and now we can. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, we can. Um, yes, yeah, it's exciting. Should we get? Should we get straight into it? We should get straight into it. So we're going to start with some, some some basic of, introductions. Yes, basic introductions of the film. Of the film, it then is some a film. plots, some plots, uh, spoilers, synopsis, and stuff. You should watch the yeah, film we'll, before you listen to we'll, this episode. We'll deconstruct the plot a little bit, talk about it as we Ooh, go through it. You're already deconstructing, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, then we'll uh, share any interesting little tidbits of trivia that we've managed to snuffle out with our little noses, and um, <laughs> then we might talk about what we think of the cast. And our overall thoughts of the movie. How many buckets of pig swill are we going to give it? So, uh, this is a movie um, directed by Michael Sarnowski. I believe it may be his directorial debut. It is. It definitely is his directorial debut. Well done, Michael Sarnowski. I think he's directed a few shorts and TV Mm. episodes, etc. in the past. This is his first main film. Yeah. and it's kind of is signified by being somebody's first movie by how low the budget is, but you don't feel it when you're watching it, I think. But we can talk about that more as we go on. Yeah. Uh, it, it stars Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. as Rob, Chef Rob, and um, Alex Wolfe as Amir. Yes. And um, pretty much for 90% of the movie, those are the two actors that you're going to be spending your time with in this film. It's a bit of a two-hander. Mm, but there definitely. are a few other people that pop up, notably Adam Arkin pops up in it. And, um, yeah, past Adam Arkin, actually, there's not many other people that have much screen time. But um, no, those are, yeah, those are your main actors. It was written by Michael Sarnowski and Vanessa Block. Mm-hmm. And it was released in 2021. And it was sort of originally... Uh, announced and then marketed and advertised in a way that made it look like something of a Nicolas Cage revenge thriller 
in the yeah. vein of um, John Wick, maybe, but it, 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 it looked like your kind of classic Nicolas Cage twist where it has to have something silly about it. Yeah. Um, and the silly thing being that instead of trying to avenge his dead wife or something, he is trying to find his missing pig. Mm-hmm. Um, those were sort of, that was sort of how it was set up and there were lots of people reacting to it as if, you know, oh, it's another Nicolas Cage bit of nonsense. It's a stupid kind of idea. Um, it's going to be silly. He's going to be running around shooting people and finding, mm. shouting, where's my pig, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then it came out. And it came out in America first before mm-hmm. you or I could see it. And suddenly it became the highest reviewed movie of the year on a, on various places like mm. Rotten Tomatoes, which um, turned my expectations around and uh, made me pretty excited to see it. How were you feeling before you watched it? Uh, well, I didn't know anything about it because that's how I live life, knowing <laughs> nothing about anything until yeah, you fair. put a review on our Instagram page. And your reviews te- made me make me want to watch films, and so I texted you and I was like, "I want to watch this film. How can I watch this film?" Uh, and then, and so from the review, I wasn't, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. And then I watched the trailer, and I thought, "What? <laughs> like your review didn't match the trailer." No, really the trailer weird. doesn't match the film, does it? I don't yeah, know. exactly. But the trailer doesn't even match the film. And so I, I just, I, I, I watched the trailer and more than John Wick, because I've never seen John Wick, which is a shame. I should watch John Wick. Um, you'll have to. I have to watch John Wick. Maybe but you will I was have thinking to. about like, more like Taken. <laughs> like, <laughs> taking my pick. Uh, and so I thought, how, how is this, how is this going to be a film about, like somebody kidnapping a pig and Nicolas Cage going to get it. It just seemed, seemed really surreal, the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so Nicolas I, Cage I, makes a lot of surreal films, but I yeah. feel like this film couldn't be any, it's not surreal. Uh, there are, there oh, are well, elements it of it. On, yeah. Moments are, but it's, the 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 I was just I was just conf- I didn't know what to expect because <laughs> your review said one thing the trailer was different it's Nicolas Cage so I went in just like kind of with a open very open mind not knowing what was going to happen which is yeah. fair yeah. yeah um. Considering the ordering in which we're releasing these episodes, uh, it's likely that by the time people hear this, you may have seen John Wick. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, I may have. So, (laughs) depending on what homeworks get assigned, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So, 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 let's uh, let's go more in depth. Let's talk about the plot of this movie. Yeah. Um, It's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. And... First thing to note is that it's split into parts. Yes. Um, which I think is the first sort of sign that maybe this movie isn't the action-packed spectacle that you're expecting. <laughs> yeah. Um, when the yeah. film begins and uh, it opens on very serene and sedate shots of the Oregonian wilderness. Yeah. Um, very different to the other piece of culture I've been... Um, 
absorbing a lot of recently that's set in Oregon, which is a game called Days Gone, which is a post-apocalyptic zombie game where you ride around the uh, Oregonian forests um, on a motorbike shooting zombies with shotguns. And I was playing Mm. it the other day and I was like, it would be very odd if you were bumped into Nicolas Cage and his little pig in the middle of this this game. But yeah, um, it opens on this shot of a forest in Oregon, very quiet, very sedate, and this um, very kind of beautiful uh, floral font appears in the centre of the screen and it says, part one, rustic mushroom tart. Mm. And um, <laughs> nice. And we go, yeah, and we and we we sort of the first I don't know ten fifteen minutes um has close to no dialogue. No, yeah. In this movie, yeah. And we it's um, very calm and beautiful. Yeah, and we um we see Nicolas Cage. Mm. He looks um like you kind. actually. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was about to say he looks dishevelled. <laughs> No, I don't mean dishevelled. Like he had a big beard and big hair. Yeah, okay, that'll do. He has beard, Not he has dishevelled. beard and big hair. But he also looks like he smells quite bad. Yeah, yeah. You don't no, okay. You, you don't look like you smell bad. <laughs> Sorry. I meant just the facial hair. Oh, thank you for that. That's good. Um Oh, I take it back. I just meant the bushiness of his hair and yeah, facial okay. hair. The rest, you don't look smelly, I promise. Yeah. All right. As long as you don't, don't tell me I look like the pig, I think I'm okay. No. <laughs> God. Okay, let's move on. Um, so we, yeah. we meet Miss Nicholas Cage. He's, he's walking through this forest and he's got with him this truffle pig, which oh. isn't your typical pink sort no. of smooth boy that you see on farms no. uh this is a hairy little boy hairy. He's a and hairy he's got pig. jowly little things on his cheeks <laughs> or she actually it's a girl sorry she is sorry a girl. To, mean to misgender the pig she is um <laughs> she is uh beautiful actually i think she's yeah, very cute she's i love so the pig cute. in this movie yeah yeah she's very very good i don't think she has a name does she have a name in this film no or she's, she's just pig, pig? She's just, just pig. pig. Yeah. She's just his pig. And um, it's kind of the most beautiful opening sequence in a movie ever. He's, yeah. he, he goes off, she searches for um, truffles. Do you know why yeah. she can find truffles? Why she can find truffles? Like why pigs can find truffles, like what it is about these truffle pigs that allow them to find truffles. Well, they uh, well, they like them. So they, no. they f- Oh, they f- I don't know then. The truffles give off a scent that is identical to a hormone given off by male pigs or by potential partners, and it's them looking for... I've read this. I'm sorry if I'm spreading uh, misinformation or or disinformation, but Mm. my understanding is that they are... um, They're actually sniffing out a uh, a hormone that is identical to the potential scent of of a mate. So wow, um, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Learn, yeah, learn something new. Um, I thought because they like them, because you no, give them a little not. bit. Because no. truffle dogs like the truffle. Interesting. So you give them a little bit of truffle, and you make them like it, and then they go to look for but it. Dogs, dogs can be trained to follow specific scents, can't they? As well, though. Yeah, yeah. Generally, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's different. So with pigs. pigs are actually attracted to truffles. Hmm. Supposedly. Nice. Um, there's an amazing bit where it's, it's snuffling about in the dirt and Nicolas Cage yeah. gets uh, a knife out and like cuts away a piece of the dirt and then just sort mm. of sticks it in his mouth. 
Yeah, that was. Like and cool. he doesn't. He doesn't spit it out. He just sort of eats a little bit of dirt. Yeah. I'm not quite. I guess he know he has his methods. He knows how to find truffles. So yeah, leave him to it. Anyway. Um, at this point, we don't know anything about Nicolas Cage's character. We no. don't know his name. We don't know anything about him at all. No. Um, but he finds these uh, truffles. He goes back to his little cabin he lives in, which is... Um, I, I, I'm going to say it's a shack. A shack seems yeah, like the correct yeah, it's definition a for this. For this. It's a very um, basic shack. Structure, yeah. yeah. Uh, to call it a building would be unfair. Yeah, I think if it rains or there's a little bit of wind, it's going to move and... Yeah. Yeah. And he he's when he takes his uh he's just wearing this kind of big onesie like an old timey um <laughs> yeah. gold prospector in the in the Wild West or something. Mm. Um but he he gets out his uh, cooking equipment and he makes this gorgeous rustic mm. mushroom tart which is why part 1 is called rustic mushroom tart I suppose. Yeah. Um and I think you can straight away you can, once he starts making this meal you can see that he's a man who knows how to cook food. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. And he has a slice of this tart and then he seems to just put the pan with the rest of it on the ground and he lets the pig uh, have her way with it, which is yeah. fair because she, uh, she found the truffles. Let her yeah. enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. I know that tart goes all over his bushy beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, we watch, so we watch him doing this and we kind of get the idea that this is his sort of... Um, this is his cycle. This is his sort of life. Is um, yeah. that he lives in this shack, and he doesn't do anything else. He goes foraging no. for truffles, and that's yeah. it. And he puts them in this little kind of container, mm-hmm. puts them to the side, and then we just see him kind of eating, continuing his day. And then a car pulls up, and what's <laughs> Very what's the first sober thing? Car. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and this car is like. It's an intruder into this into this into this yeah. location. It doesn't belong yeah. in this serene, sedate forest because I don't. No. I'm bad with cars. I don't know what kind of car it is, but it's a it's a, it's car. a bright yellow. <laughs> yellow. I'm gonna say it's a Jaguar. It's mm. probably not. No, I think I think like like or, rich kids have like you know I don't know, on. but yeah, it's a pink, it's a Porsche. It's a, it's a Ferrari. It's a Lamborghini. It's, it's one a of those. Car. It's a yellow car. This kid gets out with the colors, with the sound, with everything that you've just been experiencing for the past. Yeah, what everything five, about five, it is minutes? everything about it is is upsetting. Yeah, and out of place, and a very upsetting person gets out of it. Yeah, um, Amir, played by Alex Wolf. Who um, have you seen him in anything else before, Alex? No, no. I this is the first time I saw him. But so he is in Hereditary. Hereditary. Yeah. yeah. He plays the teenage son in Hereditary, which he is fantastic in. Mm. He plays um, one of the kids in Jumanji, the new Jumanji films oh, yeah. with uh, mm-hmm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm. And um, he also plays one of the children in the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old. Ah. Yeah, which um, okay. he's not he's not great in that movie, but nobody's great in that movie, and mm. I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame M Night Shyamalan his, himself <laughs> for that one rather than Alex Wolf. Um, mm. So yeah, so uh, Alex Wolf gets out. He is a mayor. We sort of then see this sequence where he um, has an entirely one sided conversation yeah. with uh, Nicolas Cage or Rob, <laughs> as I think he gets called at this point. We learn his yeah. name is Rob, I think, yeah. around here. Um, and um, 
Yeah, he kind of tries to convince Nicolas Cage to get a phone. Yeah. Or a shower. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. any number of mod cons. Because, I mean, Mary's taking these truffles from Nicolas Cage, and these truffles are worth, in my understanding, thousands of dollars. Like one mm-hmm. container of truffles that he gets from Nicolas Cage, we're talking thousands, if not like over $10,000, like a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he appears to be paying Nicolas Cage in basic supplies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which means his profit margins are insane. Mm-hmm. So good for Amir. He's found a pretty good thing. He's got yeah. a good thing going with, with Nicolas yeah. Cage, it seems. Because Nicolas yeah. Cage is uninterested in ever being clean. Yeah. Uh, uninterested in being in to have a conversation with Amir. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, what if you die out here? I'll find. I'll be the one that finds you. Nicholas Cage couldn't care less who finds yeah. him if he dies out there. Yeah. Um, and we, I guess, we start to see. This scene's quite funny, but I guess if we, if you think about it, this is our. These are our first real signs that like something is deeply um, mm-hmm. wrong with uh, Rob with Nicholas Cage's character. Yeah. Or not wrong in terms of like he's a bad person, but wrong in terms of like he's he's hi- he's hiding from something. Yeah. In his life. Yeah. Definitely. So, Amir leaves. Oh, there's a bit where he swears at the pig, which made me dislike him. I think immediately yeah. you take a bit of a dislike to Amir because he yeah. kind of swears at the pig. Because uh, by that you think point, about it, you, I, I had already fallen in love with the pig. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's just like don't touch the pig. <laughs> no, the pig is the pig is uh, perfect. Don't don't pig, be mean to pig. That pig is perfect. <laughs> yeah. But Amir sort of swears at the pigs, doesn't show the pig yeah. much respect, which is mad because yeah. he's a, his living is basically from the pig. Yeah. Um, like, we don't learn at this exact moment, but he basically, his job is to sell rare delicacies to restaurants in um, yeah. Portland, which is the kind of major city in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously truffles will be a big part of that. So he's, yeah. his sort of entire business model is basically based off this pig. So he should show yeah. it some damn mm. respect. But what you realise with Amir is just like he arrives in this big yellow car to show off and listening a full blast to classical music. And then this kid basically comes out of his car swearing and being obnoxious. And it's just like, what what kind of human are you? Are you trying to like you already figure you at least in my opinion, just seems like Amir just seems already like a character that is trying to portray something that is not. Yeah, and I think that's supported by a little bit later on we learn that he's not just listening to classical music on full volume. He's listening to like some sort of radio show or podcast that yeah. explains why classical yeah. music is good. Yeah. And again, it's similar to like does he just think that he's supposed to like classical music because yeah. he's kind of lives in this high art um mm-hmm. high class world and he doesn't actually understand it and that's not actually who he is and is he projecting an image um yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of amazing character work done with Amir in this film yeah. that is is yeah. is under the surface and not sort of explicitly mm-hmm. told to the audience, which I I think is is wonderful. And we can uh, mm-hmm. we can talk about them more, more as we go on. Um, so yeah, Amir leaves. Nicholas Cage kind of continues his um, uh, existence with the pig for a little bit. Cuts to nighttime. <laughs> uh, there's a sequence where he gets a cassette player out and listens mm. to this cassette of a woman talking to him. I don't remember what she says at this point in the movie. I don't know if it really matters. It says for Robin on the cassette tape, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which we later learn is is his name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he listens to this cassette tape of this woman talking. He goes to bed, and what happens to him? 
somebody is outside his house. He hears somebody outside his house. Yep. And he goes to open the house, the door, and the door gets smashed in. And the pig gets kidnapped, kidnapped. Yeah. And it's not an action scene, really. The, the door is smashed and the camera sort of falls as Nicolas Cage falls. Oh, that was a beautiful moment when the camera yeah. falls with Nicolas Cage. And then you just hear the pig squealing. Yeah, it's hor- that's a horrible noise. And it's horrible. You're like, what? <laughs> the only source of happiness of this man is squealing away. Yeah. Horrible. It's, um, it's a horrible scene. It is a horrible scene and he kind of yeah. gets knocked to the floor, but you don't really see much of it. And again, no. it's partly it's partly just the budget of the movie doesn't probably doesn't allow for big action sequences, but again yeah. it's an early it's a, it's an early sign that this isn't an action film. You yeah, know, despite the presence of Nicolas Cage, despite the plot synopsis of it being kind of a revenge movie, he's not gonna go out there and ha- and fight back. He's not that person, he's not equipped, you know, to fight yeah. back necessarily physically. So it's interesting. It immediately kind of makes you think, well, what's, how's he going to handle this situation? Yeah. So it sort of cuts to the morning. We see the devastation that's been wrought upon his um, shack. Yeah. And he kind of comes to and wakes up, realises his pig is gone. Oh. And um, just immediately moves with a purpose, finds this old, old, <laughs> old truck. Yes. <laughs> Fills yeah. it with, um, with some gasoline. Yeah. And attempts to drive off to look for his pig. And he gets probably about a couple of hundred metres before. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, hasn't been before, dri- he hasn't driven it for years. No, he clearly yeah. hasn't driven it for a long time or left that area for a long time. So he has to get out and walk and he um, comes upon a diner. Yeah. A classic American <laughs> diner. He walks yeah. in and immediately sticks out uh, as being out of place because, again, yeah. he looks... <laughs> He looks horrific. Yeah. Um, and His there's a, there's a thing. He's been hit by the door. So is, there, is he already bleeding at this point? I think he, he's got scratches and cuts, but yeah. he's not bleeding as heavily as he will be later. Okay. Because <laughs> um, yeah. there's a thing in this movie where he just where he does not clean himself. He does not wash no. off, wash himself off. So he like, just every kind of film. injury he sustains is added to the pile of, yeah. of injuries and scratches and cuts. So at this point, yeah. he's looking fairly dishevelled because he was already dishevelled and now he's been yeah. knocked to the ground and hit. Um, yeah. So he steps into his diner and he says, "I can't. Is it Mary? I can't remember the name necessarily, but he says is Mary here?" And the yeah. woman behind the counter is just like, "She died ten years ago." <laughs> and again, so you kind of assumed that maybe that he's been there for ten years, like yeah, like straight yeah. away, you're like okay, so he's he's this is the nearest building to where yeah. he lives, and it's clearly over ten, it's over a decade since he's even been this yeah. far. So he's really only interacted probably with. Amir, and that's it. Yeah. In the past, and the de- pig. what over a decade at least. Yeah. And the pig, of course, the pig. So, um, and then there's a bit. I have uh, there's a, there's a there's a sort of an exchange I really love where she's like, Mary's been dead for ten years, and Nicholas Cage is like, right, can I use your phone? And she's just like, are you gonna buy anything? And Nicholas Cage is just just sort of goes, no. No, I'm not. And she's she just sort of silently grabs the phone and puts it on the counter yeah. for him yeah. to use. Um and we don't I don't think we see him to make the call, but moments later we see a familiar yellow eyesore yeah. roll up outside. Yeah. With some music blasting. Yeah. 
Yeah, with very loud classical music blasting out of it, and uh, Amir has returned to us. Because mm. I suppose, as we've just said, this is the only person with whom Nicolas Cage has any sort of um, affiliation at this point. He's the only person who's... It's amazing that he even knows Amir's phone number. I don't know. Yeah. That's pr- probably almost a plot hole in terms yeah. of like how on earth would he get in touch with Amir? He's never had a phone before. Would he know his number? Anyway, yeah. let's just assume that at some point Amir's given him his number. Um, yeah. Business card, you know. Yeah, just in case. So yeah. uh, Amir turns up and very much has, again, he's not really recognising the fact that his his business exists thanks to Nicolas Cage and yeah. his pig. So he's being yeah. very sort of rude, uninterested, like, why am I here? Come on, man, it's just a pig kind of thing. And Nicholas Cage yeah. has to be like, if you want me to continue providing you with truffles, you need to help me find this pig. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're done. So he takes him to, I guess, what we're not really told what it is, but I'm assuming it's more of a actual business that is involved in, in finding yeah. truffles somewhere else in yeah. the Oregonian wilderness, run yeah. by this woman who I think sort of is an actual like truffle farmer. Not that you can farm truffles, but no, yeah, but it's a it's, more it's structured organisation. Yeah, 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 I think she probably pays people to find truffles on her land. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Yeah. And in money rather than like beans. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this is one of, one of my favourite scenes, I think. <laughs> why, why, why? Well, because they go to this woman and um, instead of showing absolutely no interest, like Amir has just done, yeah, she gets, she goes like, nobody messes around with somebody else's pig or something. Yeah, but it's great because she's like, Amir's kind of going, oh, sorry, we need to do it. And then yeah. Nicholas Cage just goes, I'm looking for my pig. And she goes, yeah. What kind of pig? And he goes, it's a truffle pig. And then she just, yeah. like you say, she just flips and he's like, yeah, she flips. Mother. <laughs> yeah. You're going, Storms yes. off. It's a great, it's one of the first like really amazing moments in the movie. I yeah. agree. I really love this bit where she, this, this, this actress plays it so well of just as soon as she realizes somebody's harmed or mistreated a truffle pig, because she yeah. probably recognizes the value in a truffle pig. Like yeah. these are things that can pull in hundreds of thousands of dollars over their lifetime, yeah. if not millions. Um, so she she recognizes probably because also she appreciates the animals, but also she recognizes, you know, it's like you've gone into somebody's business and burned yeah. down their shop. It's it's not okay. Yeah. It's not acceptable. So she goes off, and um, I think immediately she knows exactly who it is that's going to have yeah. done it. Yeah, uh, and takes Nicholas Cage and Amir, takes Rob and Amir to these uh, sort of, I guess, hillbillies. You might describe them as. Yeah, I, like they they seemed like junkies, really. Like some. Yeah, well, the, the the plot synopsis I'm using to help uh, go through the film describes them as a yeah a pair of junkies. Yeah, they seem to be like probably sold a pig for drugs or something. Yeah. Uh, but that's an interesting yeah. thing is that they kind of admit like, oh yeah, it was us. We took the pig. Yeah. And yeah. Straight away. <laughs> yeah. There's no hide. They don't hide the fact they yeah. took the pig, but they're like, we've already given it to the guy. We don't know who he is. He they're like, he drove an expensive car and he came from the city. So that's the yeah. first lead that Nicholas Cage gets. Yeah. But it's interesting that again, like if this was John Wick and it was John Wick looking for the people that had killed his dog and he yeah. found the people that had, had driven the person to the house to kill his dog or something. Yeah. 
he wouldn't have left that trailer without just mur- without shooting those two people in the head. But Nicolas Cage is, isn't interested in no. revenge. We we kind of start to see this is this was an early point where I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's not he's not sort of attacked them. He's not like being angry with them necessarily. He just mm. wants them to help him find his pig. He just yeah. wants his pig back. He's not interested yeah. in violence or aggression. And no. it's almost it's a surprising choice in a movie because that's one of the key like verbs of a film is violence. Yeah. And to have this film avoid violence, or have Nicolas Cage's character in particular avoid violence at all yeah. turns, and we'll see a much more extreme example of yeah. him avoiding violence in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but because the interest for his interest is not being violent against people, his interest yeah. is just his pig, and it's just it's just amazing because we we kind of lose lose sight of that in films that you know you have to have violence to achieve something. Yeah. He's like no, he he wants his pig. <laughs> that's that's the only thing he wants. Yeah, he's got one goal. One give goal. Me, give me, give me my pig His back. Pig. Give me that pig. So, <laughs> so they they've got their first lead now. Okay, so, and the, it's not much of a lead. It's somebody in Portland, which is an yeah. enormous city, has got your pig. So yeah. they head to Portland, and um, they they go to a food market. At night time. And Yes. <laughs> yes. That was that was a that that was a scene that I was just a bit like, huh? Okay. Yeah. They go to this sort of food market and they go to like a trailer in the back of this food market and there's a man yeah. who's I don't remember the name of this guy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think we, we kind of learn quite a, a, pretty much immediately that this this is a guy who is important in Portland in the in the cuisine yeah. world, in the in the food world. Yeah. And Rob goes in to talk to him and the guy's like, I'm not helping you. Your name doesn't mean anything anymore in this town. Mm. You are, you have no value. I'm not going to do anything to help you. So Nicolas Cage leaves, Rob leaves. And at this point we're starting to see that, I think this is our first sign that Rob is beyond being a truffle forager. Yeah. He is, he is someone. He or is he someone. used, he used to be someone. Yeah. He used to have um, a name. Yeah. Um, and I think we know we know that this guy can help, yeah. But he's uninterested in helping because Nick Nick he doesn't think that Nicholas Cage is important anymore. Yeah. So then we get what would be, in my opinion, the surreal, the <laughs> most surreal moment of this film. Yeah. The yeah. moment where it veers closest to being um, similar to John Wick. Is where yeah. he get, they go to this restaurant. They go to the back door, and Nicolas Cage convinces Amir to sort of help him mm-hmm. get into this kitchen because I think Amir knows the chef who comes out, and they're talking to this chef. Yeah. And they go into this kitchen, and Nicolas Cage just starts goes to this wall and starts pulling boxes down from this um, yeah. shelving unit, and Amir is like, "You need to tell me what's going on." Da da da. Right, I'm leaving. And eventually, Nicolas Cage is like, okay, fine, I'll explain. Uh, or I can't remember exactly what he says to him at this point, but he sort of just says, all I, he just a set, kind of again repeats, all I care about is finding my pig. This is going to help me get to my pig. Um, this is sort of like the old, he's like we're going into the old Portland that's been built on top mm. of um, over many years. And he kind of then reveals this tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> um into old Portland yeah. and they go into this tunnel and they pass into this world 
and it it's they it's an they find and it the film kind of brilliantly doesn't t- explain actually really what is happening in no. this room no so you have to kind of assume it's an underground fighting ring of some yeah. description yeah and it seems like but chefs. For only for chefs and chefs. It's just restaurant chefs. workers. Yeah, yeah, it's just chefs, chefs and restaurant workers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so here's my assumption. Here's my guess. At what okay, it is. let's let's see. <laughs> chefs can go, yeah, and write their name up on a board, yeah, and then the restaurant workers will bid on who gets to fight the chef, yeah. And the idea, I think, is because chefs can be quite harsh to the people who work for them, yeah, is that people wanting a chance to kick kick the shit out of their boss will bid yeah. high so the more well known you are yeah the more money you're going to earn from putting your mm. name upon this wall does that make is that kind of do you think that's about right well i was thinking more of like uh the tension that you have working in a kitchen yeah and and you release this tension by being hit or hitting someone but people Until bid they on collapse. Hmm? Yeah, but people bid, don't they? On, on but game. then people bid, so it's kind of like you know, you know, chefs are like like that way because they are under an enormous stress. So I thought that would be like a kind of like a a punch ball, like a anti stress, <laughs> violent anti stress kind Definitely. of activity. But I think, um, like, I think there's an element of like because he goes in because he what Rob walks in, yeah, with a mare. And the guy that he saw earlier um, is running this underground fighting ring, the guy um, who yeah. wouldn't give him any information. And Rob yeah. walks past him and goes up to the board and grabs a piece of chalk. And in massive letters, he writes Robin Feld. Yeah. So now we know his name. His name is Robin Feld, right? And then mm-hmm. people start bidding and a lot of, uh, you know, people put in a big bid. So I, that's why I thought yeah. the element of like, I think rather than making any money off it, he's done this to show the guy that his name still means something yeah and that was what will convince uh, the guy yeah. to help him does that make sense yeah that makes sense yeah so yeah. i think that's what's happening i think he's proving to the guy yeah. that his name still carries weight in that town yeah so then somebody does and it's again and we learn i think later on from context we can imagine that this person that pays to attack uh, robin probably used to work for robin yeah and probably Really relishes the opportunity to 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 tear tear a piece of him off because <laughs> yeah, he comes up and just and again another scene. subversion of what you expect. This guy comes up, hits Nicholas Cage, and Nicholas Cage does nothing. Nothing. And you're like, no, stop! It's so violent. <laughs> he just takes it. Yeah. Um, which is which is uh. An amazing moment again, because you expect it to be, ah, oh, there's an underground fighting ring, there's gonna be a fight scene now, we're gonna see some yeah. real action. No, we just see Nicolas Cage get like knocked to the ground and beaten up. Um but after the attack, Nicolas Cage is properly bloodied. Yeah. But um he does manage to drag a clue out of the fighting ring guy. Yeah. Which is the name of a restaurant. Uh, Eurydice. Yeah. It's called Eurydice. 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 Yeah, I guess Eurydice. Yeah. Um, and now we enter. I think this is correct. Now we enter part two of the film. Mm. 
I think this is the point that we see part two. Yeah. Because so it, cu- it cuts to the next morning, we see kind of a shot of the skyline of Portland, and we yeah. see part two, Mum's French toast and deconstructed scallops. Yes. That's part two of the, this movie, okay? So it's then it, it we, we join Amir and Rob, or Robin Feld, yeah. as we now know, in Amir's flat or apartment. Yeah. And uh, in stark contrast to the dwelling that Nicolas Cage was living in, this is a modern, yeah. very clean lines, very like yeah. bare apartment. Um, again, maybe signifying somebody who has uh, not much of an interior life at the moment. No, uh, Amir's no. character. He, he it's a very yeah. bare kind of apartment. He doesn't do much cooking. Mm. He attempts to cook no. French toast for him and Rob's yeah. breakfast. Hence uh, the mom's French toast. And, and Robin has not washed a single no. a single hair in his body by now. No, so, he's covered in mud. Like he has not got changed. He has not washed his face or his hands. And so he's there's this beautiful clean apartment, and then there's yep. Rob, who is yep. bloodied, crusted, dirty. It's like how like in my head, it's like, why not wash your wash your face? You're gonna feel better if you wash your face. But he yeah. doesn't. No, that's very true. So, yeah. so, uh, Amir makes this French toast for them for breakfast, and then they just starts talking about how now he knows he's Robin Feld, the chef. Yeah, starts to talk about um him as a chef, and we immediately start to infer that he's sort of a bit of a legendary figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's a bit of a celebrity chef. Yeah. And Amir describes his parents mm-hmm. and starts talking about his parents and that his uh, parents' marriage wasn't very happy. But they always used to talk about this one date they had, mm-hmm. this one meal they had together, yeah. which was um, a meal that they had at Robin's restaurant. So... Mm-hmm. And that they would always, for years and years afterwards, they went for a meal together at Robin's restaurant, Robin cooked them dinner, and uh, for years afterwards, Amir's parents would always talk about this one meal as being, yeah. you know, one of these really important moments in their life. Um, and then he, his mother um, committed suicide and died. Yeah. Is what he tells Rob. So yeah. Rob doesn't really, uh, as with most things that happen to him, Rob, Rob doesn't really react to this information no. at all but i think we know absolutely takes it in because it's key information yeah. Yeah. um and then he starts to sort of also discuss the fact that his father is also in the rare cuisine mm-hmm. business and we start to understand that maybe amir is um seems so insecure uh you know is listening to classical music yeah um with inst- with like instructions on how to appreciate the classical music yeah. uh is has an apartment that he's not really given yeah. any character to because he doesn't really want to show who, what his character is I don't think because maybe he's trying to live up to uh lofty expectations passed down by yeah. his father who we start mm-hmm. to learn might not be the nicest man <laughs> in the no world. definitely not uh definitely not so um he and you start sh- and you start feeling understanding Amir and maybe opening up to him as well more than... Yeah, definitely. Because at that I, point, 
it's not a very likable character. Absolutely, and you start to see that kind of that complexity of his character, and yeah. start to kind of learn to like him. And yeah. I think Alex Wolf does amazing work. Yeah, oh, you know, absolutely. he's a young actor, and he's working opposite one of you know cinema's most iconic actors, and who is yeah. apparently one of his favorite actors just personally. Yes. So that must have been that must have been kind of so terrifying. Much pressure. And also so considering, in a lot of ways, he's carrying these scenes. Like Nicolas Cage is doing very little. Yeah, he's doing a lot. He like there's he's in interviews he's discussed how he approached his performance as, as like a haiku and it's all about the spaces in between the words and he gets very philosophical when he describes his acting performances Nicolas Cage. Yeah, um, but he's he, he said that about this performance is a hundred percent true. Like, yeah, exactly. But he's not being very flashy, and in terms yeah. of like what the audience is going to be following, in terms of understanding the plot of the film. Alex Wolf is having to deliver that exposition and it's mm. almost he's almost talking to himself and it, he does a great mm. job of keeping you engaged um well yeah. Nicolas Cage does his does his haiku as well um mm. so Rob asks Amir if he can get them reservations at Eurydice this oh. um and immediately Amir's like well that's sort of a very like, that's a difficult that's a tall order uh Rob yeah <laughs> um so we go off and we follow each of them um, on a different sort of errand. We see Rob go to sell some of his truffles to um, uh, a local restaurant, I suppose it is. Although it looks like it's a slaughterhouse because the guy is like just sort butchers. of... Like a butcher's. Yeah, it's a butcher's. Like a butcher. So, yeah. But I guess he's selling the guy his truffles anyway. I'm not sure why he's or selling maybe, Yeah, or maybe he's like a butcher behind a restaurant or, you know, all yeah, could be. fancy stuff that we don't know about. <laughs> yeah, it could, be, it could be some upmarket hotel that has its own butchery. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, he's selling <laughs> this this stuff to the guy, yeah. and uh, he's like, "Can you get me reservations at Eurodice?" And the guy's like, "Well, that's your father's. Um, mm. That's that's like your father sells to Eurodice, so I'm not going to get involved in that." And immediately we're like, "Oh, people are scared of Amir's dad. Like Amir's yeah. dad's maybe not a gangster, but certainly not not somebody that people want to cross in this a uh, truffle gangster. Yeah, truffle gangster <laughs> in this like cuisine world uh, of the secret yeah. hidden world of in in Portland." So I think Amir ends up basically having to give him these truffles for free to secure yeah. the uh, the lunch reservation. And while that's happening, we see Rob um, just sort of go to this house, and it's a very it's a very sort of quiet scene, obviously because it's 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 Rob, so we're not really there's not much going on <laughs> in terms of like dialogue. But he goes yeah. to this house and sits on the back porch and just talks to this little girl at the house. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we kind of infer that this is the house he lived in with his uh, yeah. partner mm-hmm. um, years before. And, uh, yeah, he just sort of has a conversation and um, and leaves. Um, yeah. What's your take on that? Like, do you have a reading of that scene? Because it's a very sort of... You could easily forget it even happens when you're thinking over the film. Yeah, well, I think because he... Like he must be grieving so much. So the more, the more the film goes on, the more you realize how much, how much he grieved, or how much he didn't grieve. I think he just abandoned everything and mm. left. And yeah. in a way, going back there, maybe he needed that to, just to I don't know, just to face it. Because yeah. I think he has to go through a journey as well of trying to move on 
and become better because I don't think even what however time he has spent in the the woods in Portland, um, he still can't. You were talking about the cassette tape that he put on of his wife. We assume that he didn't listen to it all because he couldn't. So I think going back to the house is kind of facing the fact that the person is not around anymore. Mm. Yeah, so I think it is a, is a healing process for him. And yeah, I think to that see that really, this house has moved on. Yeah, and he's got a kid there. in it, and the kid mm. is like happy to live there. And I think it's 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 for him. And I and I think this film is full of these kind of healing moments that you could say, oh, it's not necessary, but if you think about them, they are for Rob. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very mm. true. Mm. So I agree. Um, so then we go. So Amir's secured this reservation at mm. Eurodice. Uh, Rob <laughs> has joined him and they've gone to Eurodice. Yeah. And then we cut to yeah. them sitting in the center of this restaurant. Again, is. Rob has done nothing to tidy himself up. <laughs> Rob is so dirty. <laughs> yeah. And if there's a if and, there's a place that could look any more sterile and dry than Amir's apartment, yeah. it's this restaurant. <laughs> yeah. But the amazing um, thing that they let them in, like, and that's the thing is, you know, because this restaurant is a proper. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But they get in. Very fancy restaurant. Yeah. And they're having, I guess, they're having the tasting menu, I suppose. And yeah. this is a restaurant that is entirely. Um, and it's a very trendy sort of cliche yeah. food thing nowadays. It's all about deconstructing things. Yeah. It's a, it's a restaurant that does deconstructed scallops, which is part of the title of this part of the movie, mm-hmm. along with a bunch of deconstructed other things. Um, the waitress is very polite and friendly and brings them their, their food. And I think this is the, is this the point where Nicholas Cage just like th- thumbs this scallop? Yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like shoves his the, thumb I on think, it. Does the waitress tell them what the... Everything has been sourced from. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so she goes they, on like, a this spiel of what. Very renewable, f- you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This and is then she here, opens, and there's like three little pieces of something yeah. on yeah, 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 yeah. it. And Nicolas Cage, instead of like people are like, oh, that's amazing. Nicolas Cage totally does the opposite of what we we're supposed to do in a way, yeah. and just yeah. destroys. <laughs> this. Just, like smushes it under his foot. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, his this, dirty thumb. This deconstructed scallop. Um, and then basically just immediately asks to see the chef. Yeah. Um, and the chef, uh, Derek, comes out mm-hmm. and is immediately this kind of like very simpering sort of like, yes, hello, yes, it's, uh, this is deconstructed, da, 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 yeah. we sourced it from here. And... Um, Rob's asking him something. I can't remember what question Rob is asking him, but he, he Derek's kind of like, I think he says, where did you get the truffles from? Or a truffles part of the menu. He's like, oh yes, well, you know, autumn's coming up, so truffles are going to be part of our mm. menu and it's important that they've been locally sourced. And I think Amir at this point is like, tell him who you are. And um, Rob just sort of looks at him and you see this kind of sheet fall away from the guy's yeah. face as he realises yeah. who he's stood in front of. And he's like, Chef Feld, um, and he's clearly completely in awe that this... So he suddenly realises who this sort of filthy, yeah. <laughs> hairy thing is in front of him actually is. And yeah. uh, he immediately like sits down. And um, probably my favourite scene in the movie then plays out. 
Yeah. Where Derek is, um, you know, this is his restaurant. He's the head chef. This is his environment. But, um, and this is a very sort of uh, pretentious way to describe this scene. But in the way that Derek deconstructs his food, Rob then sets out on a path of deconstructing Derek and breaking him down. And you see this grimace on Derek's face. Like what starts off as a smile just very slowly turns into a grimace as Derek Mm -hmm. kind of is like, obviously internally thinking, this isn't how I expected today to go. I'm a successful chef. People like what I do. (laughs) Why am I, why is this happening to me? Um, and Nicholas, we learn throughout this conversation that Derek used to be a pasta chef at Nicholas Cage's mm-hmm. restaurant mm. uh, for like two months. Uh, yeah, Nicholas Cage still remembers him. And that's key. That's a very key bit of information is that Nicholas Cage yeah. remembers everything he did when he was a chef. He is yeah. not, he's not like he might have left his old life, but he's not forgotten it. Uh, he, yeah. mem- he knows exactly who Derek is. And he fired Derek for being too slow. <laughs> um, yeah. But he still remembers what Derek wanted to do with his yeah. life. And it was not run a pretentious deconstructed no. restaurant in no. um, in downtown was, yeah. Portland. Yeah. What did he want to do, Alex? He wanted to open a pub. He wanted to open a pub and sell traditional pub food. Which is totally like the opposite of yeah. what he has opened. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he um, wanted to make, you know, different kind of food, not this pretentious food that yeah. makes no sense. And he starts that has no meaning. He just starts blurting out the things to Nicolas Cage that he's obviously been saying to himself to convince himself that these are the right decisions in his life and that like people don't want yeah. pub food. This is what people want. Um yeah. and Nicolas Cage is like, These people don't care about you. They don't no. respect you. Why are you why are you doing why are you doing this for them? You should be doing this for you. And yeah. he just sort of really breaks this guy like he like yeah. he Derek is a broken man. He's been by destroyed the by yeah. the time this ends. Yeah. Um, which is great. It's just such a, it's, it's the, it's the, rather than turning up and smashing his kneecaps in and putting a gun at yeah. his head, <laughs> it he achieves the same result. He breaks yeah. the man in, in, in much yeah. deeper ways mm-hmm. um, by just destroying him emotionally. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Derek confesses, and at this point we find out who is behind the theft of the pig. Mm. And um, unfortunately, it's no one other than Amir's dad. Mm-hmm. Amir's father. Yeah. Uh, Darius. And if there's ever been a name that's exclusively held for awful people. It's, it's Darius. <laughs> sorry if a Darius is listening. I'm sure you're lovely. <laughs> but that is not the name of a nice man in a movie. <laughs> um, so Amir's father, Darius, was stole the pig um, and he knew about the pig. Why? Because of his son. Because of his son, because Amir told him about the pig. Straight away, judgments can be made on Darius. Yeah. Amir's, Darius is a successful businessman. We see his house yeah. in a few minutes. We know he's very wealthy. His yeah. son is setting out on his own, trying to run his own business. His yeah. centrepiece of his business is clearly Rob and his pig. He tells yeah. his dad about it, and his dad's response is to destroy his son's life. Yeah. yeah. Not a good person. Certainly the villain no. of the piece. Definitely. And, and, and the villain in the sense of, like, so, you know, 
he doesn't believe in his son and he doesn't think that his son can uh have a be as big as him so instead of like helping him he takes away his business yeah yeah so he can one day work in an office for him yeah he doesn't deserve that pig that pig is no the, no, because he, he's not good enough. He's not going to make enough, yeah. um, you know, he's not going to be successful enough with, with his pig. His yeah. father's going to be more successful. And so let's take the pig away. Yeah, because he's a but, sort of wealthy, entitled, middle, yeah. upper class white guy who yeah. just kind of, if he wants something, he's entitled to have it. So he takes, yeah. so he's taken this pig because he wanted it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Darius has the pig and um, Rob is unsurprisingly pretty unhappy at this stage of the film to learn Mm -hmm. that it's Amir's father who has taken the pig. Rob um, (laughs) kicks the hell out of the side of Amir's car. Yep. um, Because Amir refuses to take him to his father. Mm Mm-hmm because he's obviously terrified of his father um, mm-hmm. and he's now terrified of this entire situation. Um, yeah. And seeing Nicolas Cage just beat the crap out of this horrible car is is a glorious <laughs> part of this movie. Yeah. Because he's yeah. just screaming. He's just like going, ah, ah, yeah. and he's kicking this car. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And then, yeah. and again, immediately another wonderful bit, Rob leaves Amir and... Um, uh, steals a bicycle. <laughs> uh, I think I think he makes Amir tell him yeah. his father's address and then he leaves him. He steals a bicycle and he cycles to Darius's house and he mm-hmm. goes into Darius's home, which is this huge, ornate, uh, very different to Amir's flat. It's very full of fancy stuff. It's very like... Yeah. Uh, like wooden banisters and twizzly little mm. whirly bits of wood and stuff and just a very sort of, it's got a lot of character, but it also feels at the same time like any other rich person's house. It doesn't have yeah. character in, in terms of a, mm. Darius's character. Its character is exclusively saying, I am wealthy, look at all my yeah. wealth. Um, mm-hmm. Darius, uh, we meet Darius. He's played by Adam Arkin, uh, son of the great Alan Arkin. Uh, from mm-hmm. Look Miss Sunshine. He's uh, been in loads of stuff over the years, uh, Adam Arkin, and he has, um, despite being kind of the third lead of this film, he has a relatively small role compared to uh, Alex Wolf and Nicolas Cage, yeah. but he does do a good job in the role. Um, he's unpleasant. He's very yeah sure of himself. He's very, he's very confident. He yeah. doesn't have any interest in making Nicolas Cage happy. No. And also, he's a man who has lived his life in a way where any problem can be solved by money. Yeah. So he will not give Nicolas Cage his pig back. No, yeah, and it, yeah. And that, that, that scene is really like, well, I'm going to give you this money, go away. Yeah. Go away, here's $25,000. Go yeah, away. Go I'm going to have it delivered to and that, that little hovel so that you live in. that scene was so poignant because it's yeah. just like, you have stolen somebody's pig. Yeah. somebody's livelihood and in, and you just go well to the louvre go away it doesn't yeah. matter yeah you the don't person matter. the person who who you have stolen from is stood in front of you and you're not even yeah. denying that you did that you're just saying yeah. well I, I i was buying it off you effectively and here's the money for it so just yeah. accept the money i you can't back out of the deal now kind yeah. of thing 
But like, no, you no, know you're... exactly that Nicolas Cage, well, Rob, with $25,000, is not going to do absolutely nothing because yeah. he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have... care about the $25,000. He cares about his pig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he doesn't... Um, and then Rob's a bit like, no, give me back my pig. And he threatens, basically says, take the $25,000 or I'll yeah. chop your pig up into pieces and send you the pieces. Oh. And uh, obviously Rob is pretty unhappy yeah. that this happens. And we see, we then see Amir visiting his mother, who isn't mm-hmm. dead. No. She is alive. Yeah. But she's in a coma. And yeah. I think the implication being that she did attempt suicide, sadly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't but successful, she... but it was mm-hmm. successful enough that she's left permanently in this coma. Yeah. Um, which obviously Amir hates it. Amir would rather let her just sort of, you know, pass on rather than yeah. be in this permanent coma. But because his father refuses to lose anything or have anything not go his way, uh, yeah. he's paying for and insisting that she be kept alive in this um, mm-hmm. in this permanent coma. And Amir can't even enter the room. No. Amir kind of stands outside the room and has this conversation with her. And it's yet another one-sided conversation because um, mm-hmm. f- from Nicolas Cage, he won't talk. His scene partner in this is a woman in a coma. So it's another yeah. one-sided conversation from Alex Wolfe. And again, he really, mm-hmm. really sells it. And he's just amazing. Just fantastic. Um, and he goes back to Rob, picks Rob up from Darius's house. and. Um, at this point in the movie, and this is such a sad and kind of beautiful moment, Rob admits that he doesn't actually need the pig to find truffles. No. He can use no. the trees to find he truffles. Doesn't he doesn't yeah. need a truffle pig. He just likes no. having a companion because he lives on his own in, yeah. a, in a hut he, in the woods. And, and he loves her. Yeah, and he loves his pig. And what's <laughs> and wrong with that? I'm crying people now. people have pets and they love their pets. It's his pet. It's his companion. Yeah. He needs it. So yeah. he then asks Amir to help him get his pig back. And again, there's another subversion where they're not going to he you know, in another movie he might send Amir off to go and buy a shotgun and a pistol yeah. and a grenade. But instead, he sends Rob to go and get a bottle of wine and mm-hmm. a what is it? It's not a chicken. What's the what's the bird? Um, oh, here we go. Pigeon. Pigeon. So he sends Amir to get a bottle of wine and mm-hmm. a pigeon. And he goes off himself mm. somewhere. And at this point, we enter part three of the film, the final act. And this yep. is titled Part Three, A Bird, A Bottle, and A Salted Baguette. And uh, we open with Rob... Visiting his former restaurant. Yeah. His and Laurie's former restaurant. And here we learn a little bit more. His wife was named Laurie. I think this might mm-hmm. be where we learn that information. But his wife was called Laurie and she sadly passed away. And uh, that was the point where Rob or Robin kind of pulled out of life, abandoned everything yeah. and moved into the uh, into the wilderness. And his yeah. restaurant is now being run as a bakery by his former baker. Yeah. who again it's it's this you could almost see her as his daughter you you know if the, if if they made yeah. it 
because they made it clear I could see this character as being his daughter, but yeah. I'm not sure she is. I think she may just be an, an, an ex-employee. Yeah, well, yeah. You don't really know because no. you kind of feel they might be uh, his daughter, or but you you know that this person has touched so many lives. Yeah, that I think anybody would feel. I think anybody is related to him in a way, in that sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there's a scene. They're sat. They're sat down in the back of the shop, and the camera is just sort of up in the corner of the room, looking yeah. down on them. The camera's mm. quite far away during the sequence, and they're having a conversation. She, you know, he's talking about, oh, you've changed the, the curtains and stuff like this. Yeah. And uh, she's just sort of clearly very happy to see him and just kind of t- chatting to him. Mm. And there's a tray of, there's a tray of pastries next to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes one of them and there's this great bit where I, I don't know. I, I just look, I just, just a lovely little touch from Nicholas Cage where he picks one up and he sort of looks at it and then he puts it down and he takes a different one. And they look identical as far as we can see, but he just yeah. is able to just go, no, this is the one I want. This is the good one. Yeah. And then he says, do you still make those salted baguettes? And she says, yes. So he grabs a couple of salted baguettes mm. and he goes to walk out and leave and she just sort of hugs him. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and he must really have touched a life because to hug that man... <laughs> Yeah, he's covered, filthy by this point. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's covered filthy. in dirt and mud yeah. and spit and every yeah. every unpleasant substance you can imagine. But she she hugs him and embraces him because yeah. she clearly loves him. Whether I don't think she's his daughter, I think the scene would probably play no. out slightly differently. But she she just loves him. He clearly, is very important to her. Yeah. Um, and while he's doing this, we see that Amir visits a mausoleum. Mm-hmm. And the manager of the mausoleum takes Rob, and I think this is supposed to be, according at least to this that I'm reading, and it makes sense, to Rob and Laurie's personal wine collection, which has been stored in this mausoleum, which is where Laurie uh, is also being stored. Uh, so yeah. he takes this bottle of wine that, that Rob's asked, and at first he walks up to his mausoleum and, and asks to go in, and they say no, and he says, "Oh, Robin Feld sent me," and they immediately just let him in because, yeah, as we learned earlier in the film, his name does mean something to people still, mm-hmm. um, despite yeah. having been gone for over a decade. I think it's meant to be closer to fifteen years, even how long he's been away. Yeah, so, probably, yeah, a long time. Um. So she gives him this bottle of wine and she also takes him and shows him Laurie's um, place stone in the, it's a wall of, you know, a wall of uh, stones um, with Mm. various people's ashes stored and um, shows him Laurie's and asks him to tell Rob that there's a space next to Laurie reserved for him. Um, Yeah. And uh, he leaves and meets back up with Rob and they sneak into Darius's home. Because presumably yeah. Amir has a key, I guess, to his dad's house. So they sneak him. Yeah. And uh, rather than sneaking in, going up to his bedroom and attacking him, they go to yeah. his kit. They go to his kitchen. And Rob and, and Amir proceed to cook a meal, which yeah. is made of a pigeon, this yeah. bottle of wine, this baguette, and a few yeah. other things. And they but they they mm-hmm. they cook this meal. And yeah. I think probably most people can guess at this stage what yeah. this meal is. Um, yeah. And 
Amir, and again, it's actually really it's a it's a it's a parallel to the scene of him with his mother. He goes to Darius's study, and again, he can't enter the room with his father. No. He stands on the outside and very, very so quietly that I would think you wouldn't be able to hear him. He says, "Dad," and his dad goes, "Go away, leave me alone." And um, he says, "We've cooked you dinner. You come and eat it." And um, he goes and eats the meal. He joins them and they sit down together, the three of them, with this meal in front of them and they start to eat. Yeah. And you kind of quickly realise that this must be the meal that yeah. Robin cooked for Darius and his wife all those years ago mm-hmm. that they used to talk about. Yeah. yeah. And Darius is so full of anger and hate that he starts eating this meal and doesn't have any recognition of this that's what this is but as he takes a few bites you can sort of see his face start to yeah break and eventually uh he yeah he breaks down and he puts his knife mm-hmm. and fork down storms out and goes back to his office and rob follows him in and he says why are you doing this and rob says i remember every meal i've ever cooked for everyone mm-hmm. um and that's yeah, you, that's confirmed. This is the meal that he cooked for for Darius and his wife. And I think we can see that Rob can Rob probably feels a sort of kinship with Darius, knowing yeah. that they're both men who have lost their their wives. Um, yeah, and has again approached it on a very human emotional level of connecting with him to make him see Rob as another human being rather than just an obstacle to be paid off. Um, yeah. And again, rather than just attacking him and beating him until he gives the pig back, he's sort of taken this approach. And at this point, um, the most horrible thing... The most devastating thing happens. Yeah, Rob again asks where the pig is, and at this point Darius admits that the pig is dead. Oh, I cried so much when this happened. Yeah. (laughs) I I was... oh. Because the junkies the that they met earlier in the movie is so terrible. Yeah, the junkies they met earlier in the movie obviously had no idea how to handle a live animal, and no. mistreated it. And by the time it got to Darius, it was, it just wasn't in any state, and um, yeah, had to be put down. And yeah. Nicholas Cage, Rob, uh, finally, when he finally realizes he's not getting his pig back, he just breaks down. Um. And yeah. is, you know, completely and totally devastated. So um, he doesn't take revenge. He doesn't attack Darius no. at this point because it would achieve no. nothing. He just leaves yeah. and yeah. he goes with, with Amir back to the diner where he initially called mm. Ro- Ro- uh, Amir in the yeah. first place. And I think it's around this point as well that he talks about the fact that if he'd never gone to look for the pig, he'd have never known that it would have it had died, and it might have mm. still in his mind it would still be alive. But obviously, mm. he you know he had to go and find it and look for the pig. Yeah. So, I think he decides. I think he decides to carry on finding truffles from here, and they resume their partnership. And I think they've kind of formed a really strong bond mm. through this experience, and it's probably changed Amir for the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he goes back to his cabin. He 
sits down on his bed and we hear in full the tape that he was listening to at the start. Mm -hmm. And now we have the full context of knowing that this is the voice of his wife who has passed away. And she sort of talks to him a little bit. You can tell that she adores him and loves him. And then she starts uh, singing a song and she plays him uh, I'm on Fire. She does the the Bruce Springsteen song I'm on Fire and Mm. covers that. And that is the final shot of the movie is Nicolas Cage sat on this bed contemplating loss of his pig, listening to his um, dead wife sing Bruce Springsteen. And then the credits appear and it is devastating. Yeah, (laughs) I'm crying now. Can you see? Um, it, when I when I watched this in the cinema, it just completely I was broken by the end of this film because I love that Bruce Springsteen song, and it was the last mm. thing I expected to hear. So yeah, it was um, yeah, it was pretty sad. And then I actually I've never watched past the credits, but apparently, did you know there's a post credit scene? No. No. Well, in the credit scene, right after the music is over, there is a shoveling sound in the background. And then we hear mm. the sound of a pig snorting, and oh. then the shuffling, the shoveling continues. So I suppose oh. maybe he's um, found a new pig. Uh, oh. To yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. And that's pig. That's pig. That is pig. That is the movie pig. That is pig. Um, right. Let's do a quick uh, actor review. Yeah. What did you think of Nicolas Cage in this movie? Nicolas Cage is amazing. Like, we all know Nicolas Cage is a great actor, but he's kind of like always doing kind of crazy, crazy, crazy acting. But in yeah. this film, you kind of forget it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Because Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage and he's got the crazy faces and the, but with the minimal amount of facial expression and dialogue. And you can see a man that is grieving, that is sensitive to things, that is a deep character, but without barely changing facial expressions. And also he's got this massive beard that covers his face. And yeah. so uh, he, can, he, manages, he managed to portray a character without doing anything, but giving so much. I think he's unbelievable in this film. Probably one of his best portrayals. I think it might be his best performance, which after the career he's had and the number of different movies he's made is incredible. And I love Nicolas Cage. I love all of his, like I love his movies. I love watching Nicolas Cage, but the fact that he can still surprise you now, unbelievable, really and truly. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, I've read interviews in where he's talked about how he wanted people to see again that he could be a good actor because I think he's aware that he's performed this uh, recent in recent years. He's because he's gained mm. this reputation for being quite wacky and making films like yeah. The Color Out of Space yeah. and Mandy, and then really bad movies as well, where yeah. he's not really doing his best thing. And yeah, he's compared his performance to a haiku and how he doesn't have many lines. And in a haiku, the beauty comes from the spaces between the words. And he wanted his performance to be all about the spaces between the words. And he obviously fought very carefully and and put a lot of effort and passion into the movie, Um, which is amazing for him because he's a massive actor. He does star in blockbusters, not as often nowadays, but he is a big actor still. 
And this is a tiny, yeah. tiny movie. It was filmed over the course of about 20 days. 20 days. Um, had a minuscule eh? budget. Yeah. Um, and he could easily have just gone, I'm doing a favour to the director by even being on set and just treated yeah. it like that. But instead he really, really yeah. put his put you know, put his life into it and it's um it pays off. It's it's amazing. Um yeah. how about Amir, Alex Wolf, who plays Amir? What Alex did you think? Was the first film I have ever seen him in. Mm. And the the transition that he goes from the beginning of being this little town horrible little kid that only cares about appearances and doesn't care about anything else until you then realize that why he is like that and he changes he's amazing he's incredible in it and it must have been quite nerve-wracking to work with such a big star like Nicolas Cage not saying much yeah and being able to have basically monologues <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the and film is, be, a lot of the film is him monologuing effectively, yeah. Yeah, and being great at it and yep. seeing, and him and him becoming more vulnerable the more the film goes on and him managing to portray that. It's just yeah. really great. Yeah, and, the difference between yeah. him at the start when he's turning up and he's cocky and full of himself and then the scenes at the end where yeah. he's at his mother's door and then yeah. his father's door are so yeah. well played and he does, yeah, he does mm -hmm. such a good job. Um, yeah. And I guess the, we see much, much less of him than the other two, but Adam Arkin as Darius. He's terrifying, yeah. isn't he? Like yeah. he's this terrifying being. Before even you see him, when when you find out that, you know, uh, or that's your dad's territory when they're in the butchers and um, Amir wants the... Um, uh, once the the table at the Eurydice restaurant and he's like, oh, that's your father's territory. But yeah. in that moment, you realise that he's a bad guy. And so, yeah. bad guy, he's not a very fatherly figure. Oh, definitely and, not. And so you already have an expectations of, expectation of him before you meet him and then you meet him and even though he's got such a small part, it's pretty intense. Yeah, definitely. he's in. And I think he probably has the most important shot of the film, I think. The, the, when he's eating the meal and his face breaks and he realises what's happened, if that yeah. didn't work, if he didn't play that yeah. well, I think the whole movie would suffer yeah. for it because it builds to that point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, mm -hmm. and I think he performs yeah. that perfectly. Um, mm -hmm. So good job, yeah. Adam Arkin. Did anyone else stand out to you in this yeah. film particularly? There's no, we don't spend that much time with any other characters. No, no. What well, like, uh, for example, Chef Finway, the um, the the chef that he deconstructs, like he's he's um he's really good in it, and uh, like any scene that my, uh, Nicolas Cage has with other actors are really good. Even like when he goes to the baker, and that's a really touching scene. Like I think everybody in this film does everything yeah. really well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and I think I think that's thanks to the the to the actors, but I, I think probably Michael Sarnowski sold this film so well to the people that were yeah. playing it. I think he's he's is if this is his director director debut, I think he's just hopefully gonna go very far. Yeah, in I his hope career so because he's because yeah, he's amazing. And uh, uh, this is a this yeah he's done yeah. an incredible job because like you said. 
you said that um, Alex Wolf in old is not very good, but you you can see his amazing talent here. So that means the director did something for him to be able to be so great. Yeah, definitely. So have you got any trivia to share? Anything interesting? Um, uh, well, it was only filmed in 20 days, which is amazing. And and maybe and maybe like it's like filming a film maybe in a short amount of time maybe does give more of a feeling to the actors that they're like living in that space. I don't know because even um, Moonlight that was filmed in a very short amount of time and it's so you can feel like the people the the actors are like in with the film and i feel i felt this the same so i'm not sure if we film something in a short amount of time it gives more of a sense of um belonging to i bet film. when you're on a, a small film that's being shot very quickly with small budget the the mm. people making that movie are probably mm. making it because they're passionate about that story so i can imagine that that does yeah. um, have an impact definitely uh and also, this budget was so t- so tiny that even despite the film being centered around the pig, they couldn't afford a trained pig. So they just yeah. had to get, I guess, yeah. a pig um, that wasn't trained and wasn't domesticated mm. particularly. And as a result, Nicolas Cage uh, was bitten <laughs> a fair number of times by his on-screen co-star. Yeah. Um, and supposedly, Nicholas Cage jokes that he's um, he's been set on fire and been in flipped cars, but it'll be sepsis from a pig bite that kills him in the end. Because <laughs> mm. he's yeah. just getting yeah, he's like I'm gonna die from sepsis. This pig. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is uh, which is fascinating, and I think um, I think Nicholas Cage yeah. feels quite a lot of similarity between him and him and Rob. I was reading the other day about he's got a film coming out next year called The Unbearable. Weight of Massive Talent. Have you heard about this film? No. It's a film uh, where Ped, Ped, Pedro Pascal plays a Mexican drug lord who is an enormous mm. fan of the actor Nicolas Cage. And for his birthday, mm. he's throwing a big birthday party and he hires Nicolas Cage to come and um, perform at the birthday party. So Nicolas Cage is in this film mm. playing himself. And... Uh, he just, I think he discovers a plot to destroy the world or take over the world or something and has to stop it while at this Mexican mm. drug lord's compound. And um, he was doing an interview the other day where he was like, I'm never going to watch this movie because I, I just can't watch myself playing myself. It's too much. And uh, he was like, the me in this <laughs> film is not similar to the me in real life. In real life, I'm very contemplative and quiet and philosophical. But the director made me mm. be like kind of classic, crazy, wild Nick Cage and kept pushing that. Yeah. So I think that this mm. kind of role where he's being very quiet and very still is something that he, um, at least he feels, is closer to uh, himself, which is probably why, partly why he's so good, Nick, because he connected quite strongly, I think, with the character. Yeah. So, so what were your overall thoughts? What do you think of this movie? I, 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 I it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful film. It's uh, you you expect something, and you get something completely different. And I really, I really, it really hits what what things matter and things that don't matter, like food, for example. You know why. He says that he remembers every meal that he's ever cooked, and I can I can relate to that because I can remember if I had some special food in my life that stayed with me, I'll always remember it. Like I can remember a lot of the food that um, 
they've eaten that I thought was special. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, when you have a like, great meal and you, you remember that great meal and you'll always remember it and like how food brings memories and how important food is. And, um, and I, I, I thought I, I, I really like that mm. about this film. Um, it's um, beautifully shot. Like the beginning in Portland is so incredible when he's in the, in the woods. And I think it's just a great film. And thinking about it and crying now, I watched, we watched like a month ago or something. We're just talking about it. It just brought back like emotions that I had watching mm. the film. Uh, I agree. I think it's gorgeous and beautiful. And, um, you know, I was, I'm excited about any Nicolas Cage movie that looks like it might be interesting. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Nicolas Cage. So this was on my yeah. radar for a while before it came out. And I, you know, I was expecting a sort of revenge thriller, um, and that is not what I got. And I sort of saw, I didn't read many reviews before I saw it, but I saw enough kind of headlines of reviews to know that it was probably going to be not quite what I expected. Um, so when I went to see it in mm. the cinema, I had, you know, pretty high expectations, but I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I, it's definitely, I think, almost certainly going to be my favourite film of the year. I don't think anything's going to top it. And um, I've watched it twice since I saw it, and I loved it both times. And... Um, Mm. It, it's just he's just perfect in it and you know it, it, when he describes himself as being you know trying to kind of act like a haiku uh i just think that that's mm. a, a perfect description of what he does in this movie he's so still and and quiet but just commands the screen every moment he's on screen he is he it, uh, any yeah. so many people will tell me they hate nicholas cage they don't like him he makes stupid films he's not a good actor and i just want to be like just watch films like this just watch pig and tell me that he's a bad actor he's so good and he understands the character and he understands yeah. cinema and he understands how to portray all of these emotions but with without doing anything and it's beautiful and um yeah i just love it i i think it's incredible i think it's a perfect film I seriously cannot believe that people think that Nicholas Cage. I think is it's a bad just because actor. he's got this reputation for being silly. But the amount of range he has, the amount of films he's done, which are very different. Of course, there there's some that are similar, but you know, it's he's yeah, incredible. I agree. I think he's amazing. So. Um, but yeah, Pig is just the best, the absolute best. Yeah, um, definitely. Watch it, watch it. If you haven't already watched it, watch yeah. it. Five buckets full of um, truffles for this film. That's what I give it out of, out of five. Five buckets yeah. full of truffles. Um, Definitely. So yeah, that's Pig. Um, I hope you'd already seen it before you watched it, before you listened to us talk about it. But if you haven't watched it yet, then still go and watch it because <laughs> no, 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 our words yeah. can't do justice to the beautiful scenery captured in this film and no. um, the, the gorgeous performances. Yeah. So make sure you do watch this. And um Join us, please, next week for the big five zero, um, top five horror films. Wow, top five horror. So join films. us for that. Um, yeah. Jo- yeah, join us for our top five horror films. It will be October by then, so we'll give you some ideas for Halloween, which is fantastic. And um, follow us, please, on everything that we do. Uh, we're really active on Instagram. Uh, you can see movie reviews. You can see Alex's artwork. Um, you can see various other little bits and pieces. So um, yeah, find us on Instagram. The link to that is in the. Uh, uh, show notes for this episode and every episode along with um, links to various other places you can find um, us online and um, yeah uh, go on Apple Podcasts and other places and rate and review us and, and tell people about us and help us grow and be bigger and better um, 
yeah thank you very much love you yeah bye thank you bye 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 bye, bye. bye.